KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. President Joe Biden, along with the Democrats in Congress, have been basking in the glow of several legislative victories over the last few months. And when you combine them with legislation accomplishments from earlier in the Biden presidency, it is a pretty impressive list. Early on, there was the American Rescue Plan, that sweeping nearly $2 trillion bill to help the country deal with the COVID-19 pandemic, then the bipartisan infrastructure bill, and of course, most recently, the Inflation Reduction Act, which has incredibly significant climate and healthcare aspects included in it. There is also the CHIPS Act to help develop semiconductor production in the U.S., among other things. And President Biden also signed into law the first major gun safety legislation passed by Congress in nearly 30 years. And all this has been done while Democrats have held a very slim majority in the House. And of course, the Senate sits 50-50. We wanted to talk about just how impressive this is and also get some historical context as to where this resume stands with other presidents. So we caught up with Dr. David Barrett, professor of political science at Villanova University. So before we kind of look in historical context, just kind of on its own, the first year and a half, year and three quarters of the the Biden presidency from a legislation standpoint it's really pretty impressive now that you kind of had the whole tapestry put together here. Uh, that's right. I mean, I think the president might agree that his administration got off to a bit of a slow start, not entirely early on. But now here we are a year and a half or so into his administration. And especially in recent months, there's been one legislative victory after another. So and and it's timely for him, politically speaking, because now he and frankly these democrats uh, especially in congress maybe especially in the house which is uh, very much an endangered majority they get to take something to the voters and say look you uh, elected us and we've done things we've done things for you we've done things middle class working class lower income people especially so uh, it turns out to be you know, pretty good bragging points for the president, because between that and some executive orders, he's done things to help, you know, whether it's someone on, on Medicare with drug prescription challenges or the cost of insulin and then just any number of things, uh, climate change. So he, they've got a lot to brag about now. I'll tell you what matters a lot is a kind of a good indicator, a pretty good indicator of how the elections are going to go. It's, it's the president's approval rating. And frankly, right now, it's still not, it's not what you would call good. Uh, I, the last one that I saw, and of course there are a number of polls, but the last one I saw was a 43% approval rating. My, my guess is that's, that's going to go upward as he and the Democrats continue to get that message out there of achievement. Of course, meanwhile, the Republicans are, will be getting out some, some other words, not about legislative achievement, but uh, it's right now, He's on what seems a bit of a roll, and they can only hope that it will last, whether it will. will. We'll see. It's a long way. I, I was actually looking back last night, knowing I would do this conversation with you and to some some midterm elections of previous presidents. And and I was reminded, you know, a couple of months out, I mean, here we are. If it's early September, you don't know now it's going to go in early November. I look back to the Kennedy 1962 and in that case, things were looking really quite bad for him. And then there was this thing called the Cuban Missile Crisis. And Changed things a little bit. <laughs> they looked very good. Uh, you know, they lost a, a, really a handful of seats in the House. 
actually gain some seats in the Senate. I mean, that is exactly the scenario that today's Democrats would love. But things can happen, as, as you all know, between now and then that could change. But for now, the they have legislative achievements to talk about. And if they didn't have that, boy, they would really be in a bad way right now. When you put it all together and you kind of touched on it, you've got the American Rescue Plan, the COVID, which was the COVID relief, which was kind of right out of the gates. And I think everybody expected that to pass. And you've got the Inflation Reduction Act and you've got the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which are the headliners. But then you kind of throw in he got important gun legislation, gun control legislation is by no means a panacea, but it is the first significant uh, gun control legislation in decades the CHIPS Act, which uh, the last couple of days I've been surprised. You, I've seen two, three, four different stories of companies that have decided to build factories in the U.S., and they kind of point directly to the this CHIPS Act and the environment it creates uh, for them. And to your point, he's gotten kind of the big things he wanted to appoint the big things he wanted, but he's also gotten complementary legislation. And as you said, on multiple different fronts where just about everybody – is going to benefit from some portion of this in one way or another. I think that that's true. That's absolutely true. Uh, it's it's also true that there is an opposition, and I don't I don't mean this in a, a sort of a pejorative or or critical way, but but the the opposition will is and will be making the point that you know these things they cost too much. They're wasteful. They're benefiting certain people at the expense of the taxpayer. So there's a whole competing narrative here, which the Democrats, this is what they'll run into. And then there's just this, which I find, and I've never heard a, a good enough explanation, but there is this dynamic where American voters, after they elect a president of a certain party, almost always they swing in that other direction. Again, it was very modestly so, or hardly so at all in 1962, but uh, I'm sure many of our listeners remember with the Obama presidency. And I would say there was there were achievements in those first couple of years of the Obama presidency. But as he said, we got a shellacking. So Biden and the Democrats are running against history. But the difference, as you have suggested, is that uh, unlike what they could brag about, say, maybe three or four months ago, now they really have something to talk about. And I was I've sort of tried to think about, well, what has been passed so far? What has been achieved so far? and compare that to, I mean, no one wants to be put up against Franklin Roosevelt's first hundred days. That's a period that it's, it's so unusual that it's hardly, in a sense, worth comparing to subsequent decades because we were in this free fall of a Great Depression, which had just gotten worse and worse and worse for like three, three and a half years in a row. Uh, this is some real achievement. It may not be a first hundred days of Roosevelt, but it's, it's, it's something. It's definitely something. Even if, you know, a lot of people speculate, and I think I agree with him, I'm not at all convinced that President Biden will run for a second term. He certainly has not hinted that he won't. I sort of suspect that he won't because of his age. But even if, if that should be the case, if he should be a president who leaves after one term, I mean, I think he already has managed to make a significant mark uh, with his presidency. And that's not nothing considering he's only been president for a year and a half. The thing that's interesting to me, I think when we talk about presidents that have put together a deep list of legislative achievements, I think the knee jerks reactions are rightfully so are LBJ, 
Lyndon Johnson, and as you referenced, Franklin Roosevelt, the Biden administration's achievements from the, on the legislative arena are not to that level. Those are, I think, extraordinary levels, and this is a, a notch or two below that. However, one of the most impressive things for me is he's been able to even throw his name in that conversation, if even just for a moment, with a handful of seat advantage in the House of Representatives and a 50-50 Senate. Like, yes, it's Democratic control, but it is Democratic control that all it takes is for like four or five members to be out, and it's a whole different story. Uh, aside from the impact the legislation will have, that's the most impressive thing to me. You sound like you were a political science major back in college <laughs> because I teach a course called U.S. Presidency, and there's a lot of sort of mythology that we have about presidents in, in our country. And, you know, the, the president is sort of this figure, you know, who just sort of swoops in and changes things. And, you know, it's, it's not like that. So much of what matters has to do with the political environment. Things like which party is the president a member of? Does his party hold the Congress? So in the case of Biden, the Democrat, do the Democrats hold Congress? But just barely. I mean, and ideologically, it's just like sort of no or, or, or barely, you know, when a couple of senators like uh, Manchin and, and, and Cinema. So it's a very, very difficult Senate. That's why, in a sense, if you want to compare, if we wish to compare him to LBJ or FDR or anyone else who we think got a lot done in the first either, not just 100 days, but let's say the first year and a half, two years, that has to be taken into consideration. It, it doesn't get us very far to compare him to, say, LBJ in his first year and a half. He got an incredible amount through Congress. I mean, that landmark civil rights bill of 1964, that's not even a year into his presidency. But the whole political environment for FDR and Lyndon Johnson in the first uh, year and a half, two years or so, was radically different. The public was ready to support those presidents on not everything, but almost everything and that, you know public opinion matters a lot in shaping what members of how members of congress will vote and so as you've said biden he just doesn't have that you know i agree with many who think the country's in a crisis but it, it's a crisis about constitutional authority rule of law and a, a high level a critical level of polarization but not in the sense you know the economy has its problems of course uh inflation's rough right now but this is not a sort of that crisis or immediate post-crisis environment that, that Johnson was in or that FDR was in. So when you look at this, the, the questions we're exploring here in light of, of political science, it makes the achievements more impressive that they, than they might first even seem. And one of the things I think for, until the last few weeks and the Inflation Reduction Act, I think, was the thing that really kind of changed the, the dynamic of how things were looking. But I think even until the last month, the Biden agenda was probably underrated because I think a lot of people graded it on the, he had this big, bold idea for the Build Back Better, kind of the soft infrastructure, and that fell apart at the grand level. Now, the Inflation Reduction Act is, you know, it's incredibly impressive, but it's a fraction of what they were looking for. So I think a lot of it was people were unhappy because it, they kind of based it on the fact that that never got across the finish line. The infrastructure bill, which 
presidents have been trying to get passed for deck for years, you know, something of that nature didn't get maybe the appreciation because there was so much. Yeah, but this failed. And I think the Inflation Reduction Act, getting that, that kind of just changed that dynamic and at least got a piece of that over the finish line. Yeah, I I agree that the Inflation Reduction Act, which is about a whole lot more things than just inflation, but sort of it broke the dam in the sense of public perceptions, like in a good way for Biden and the Democrats. And yeah, early on in his presidency, the, the failure to deliver uh, with Build Back Better uh, early on, uh, and then the event with Afghanistan, the way that the fall of the Afghan government occurred so rapidly and chaotically, the, the rapid and again chaotic U.S. withdrawal. It's interesting that event, that latter foreign policy event, seems to have had some lasting negative effect on public perception of Biden as president. But in a sense, time has passed. The U.S. government did find and kill the leader of Al Qaeda, meanwhile, in the foreign policy realm. So in a, in a sense, with these, these legislative achievements more recently and then the uh, killing the Al-Qaeda leader uh, has helped sort of repair, I think, Biden's standing with the public. But again, not overwhelmingly. I, I don't have an answer to the question. <laughs> I thought a question that I can't answer. How high will Biden's approval ratings go in the coming two months? He needs and the Democrats need it to bounce back in the <laughs> to 50% or the low 50s. That would help a lot. There was a kind of a structural effect in the sense, again, relating to president's approval rating and how these midterm elections turn out. So, I mean, I think if the election were held today, I, I absolutely think the Democrats would lose the House. That's what I think. I could be wrong. The Senate, as, as many others have pointed out, the Democrats have a good shot at holding the Senate, even if his approval ratings don't continue upward. I do think they actually will continue upward, but I don't know how much. I just don't know. We need to take a break. We will have more with Dr. David Barrett right after this. This is KYW News Radio in depth. And we are back on KYW News Radio in depth, continuing our conversation with Dr. David Barrett of Villanova University. I'm curious, you know, if we put Lyndon Johnson and Franklin Roosevelt, you know, on a tier of their own with legislation. Is there an administration that you would equate what we've seen from the Biden administration the first year and a half on the legislative front? Because I think you had certain administrations had maybe big ticket wins, but I, I struggle to find somebody that's had success on multiple fronts with multiple pieces of legislation that in a lot of cases kind of work in tandem with each other. You know, is there anyone, any administration you would point to? I think that you're right. It's it's a funny thing about the presidency. Uh, scholars and journalists who, who cover or study the presidency agree, for example, oh, the second term, if a president gets a second term, it's usually not going to go well. Well, that's not always true, but there's there's really something to that pattern. And then you can look back and see for many presidents, so, okay, not FDR, not LBJ, but for a whole lot of presidents, the first couple of years really don't go very well either. I mean, Kennedy comes to mind in terms of like who is a relevant comparison to Biden in the sense that the Democrats had a Democratic majority in the House and the Senate, but what Kennedy lacked was a an actual ideological majority. A number of those Democrats were Southern conservative, anti-civil rights, anti-supposedly, they said, anti-big government uh, Democrats. And so, 
you know, you, the Kennedy people would, you know, they would publicize a list of uh, bills that were passed, but you look back at it and, you know, mostly it's bills that we've never heard of today and most citizens back then. So I think that's a comparison, but other, it's not that presidents don't get anything. I mean, so Reagan in his first term got significant tax reduction through in his first term. Uh, and if I look back, I would find a couple of others. Uh, so I, I think, you know, big legislative achievements, first term, not so common, unless there's something that has just brought about and in the political environment, a kind of a pressure on the Congress to support the president, whatever the party differences not might be. And that's just really, uh, it's just unusual. Even, I mean, I'm thinking about Richard Nixon, who won in a, in our landslide in 1972, you know, once you get up to 60% in that neighborhood or slightly over, which Nixon did in 72, well, Roosevelt did that in his first two elections and then Johnson did it in 1960. And even then for the case of Nixon, it, it ended up fascinating to me, not mattering very much in terms of support for him on domestic policies. Foreign policy, we haven't, I haven't talked about very much. That's a kind of a different political dynamic. But in terms of Nixon had some ambitious plans that he wanted Congress to pass, but, you know. That, that tricky Watergate thing came up. <laughs> got in the way. <laughs> he said, people, he said, were wallowing in Watergate, but it, it got in the way. So I think your question is good. There's not a whole lot to point to who got, especially if you want to compare Biden. I say Biden, I really mean the Democratic Party in, in Washington. which But it's like a lot of things with presidencies. When it happens on their watch, it gets attached to them. I say to students, and this is true, not just of the economy, presidents actually don't have very much control over the economy. I mean, this is just true. The public doesn't, I think, quite get that, but presidents don't have very much control over the economy. But when the economy is doing well, presidents get credit. Ask Bill Clinton in his second term. Uh, and when and when it's, it, it's problematic, they get the blame, you know, and you can you can ask Joe Biden uh, right now. Inflation. I mean, I think and I would even bring it down to the gas pump. Presidents don't have much control over inflation. I'm sorry. They just don't. Biden right now, the gas prices have been coming down. Uh, he and the Democrats really need the gas. I think the gas prices I, to me, I think for most Americans, certainly not all that the single most important indicator of inflation is what's at the gas pump. Now, there's also the matter of grocery stores, but uh, that's a really tricky challenge for Biden. You talked about uh, kind of earlier, you referenced kind of how we're having th this polarization through the roof in a crisis of constitutionality. And I would say, you know, a crisis of democracy. One of the things I think that's important, and we talked about getting this stuff passed and getting it passed with slim margins. I think a lot of people had kind of lost faith that government could do stuff for for a long time. We've kind of governed in crisis, you know, things we don't things don't get done until, you know, 10 minutes before some kind of deadline or something like that. Or, or we rush stuff through in the mid, beginning of days of the covid crisis, you know, because the programs have been left to atrophy and stuff like that. How much does just kind of this continued drumbeat of getting stuff done kind of help ease fears for some people or just like government can work. It can get done. And I know that was something that Joe Biden campaigned on. And I kind of, as someone who's 
seen the political environment the last decade or so, you kind of rolled your eyes. And it hasn't been by no means kumbaya holding hands across the aisle. But, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff has worked. It's gotten some of these things have gotten some Republican votes. Uh, And I think that's just important to show people that the the process is still works. Yes. And I have to think that this look, there are plenty of imperfections in these bills. And I have no doubt, you know, I always read about just before bills get passed. Boy, that's when the lobbyists have their greatest influence. Like, I swear to God, the 48 hours before one one house or the other, the House of the Senate passes it and the lobbyists and, the, and they get stuff inserted into these bills. And it, I find it personally sort of dismaying. And But that's not a feature of just this year. That's been true for decades. Nonetheless, there have been some significant reforms and changes brought about by these laws passed by the Congress. And I have to think it's making... And we can see in the polling in some months that it's making an, uh, an impression, and I don't mean just in the partisan sense, but in the sense that you said, of reassuring Americans, at least Americans who who follow the news, at least somewhat, that yes, yeah, some, sometimes government sort of works. You know, as you said, the uh, the gun control bill, it's it's very modest changes, but there are changes having to do. With, with some aspects of, uh, of purchasing, you know, certain kinds of guns and people of the younger ages and all that. There, there's some change there. Uh, goodness knows there's change coming for uh, infrastructure in our country and on a number of other fronts. A lot of Americans don't follow the news closely. And I think I'd like to think they will be discovering in the coming months. OK, so this is something that's different. You know, older Americans, if they don't follow the news, but uh, they have drug prescription plans and they've had problems and, and great expense for certain drugs or parents of, uh, of children who have diabetes. I mean, I think, frankly, some of it will be the advertising. I I mean, I've already seen, we've all seen some, if we're watching television at all, and I don't watch it a lot, but I've already seen some ads. And I think we're going to see more from the Democrats making the case that we've achieved something. But again, it's not just a partisan message. I think for the importance of the public, as you, as you suggested, it really is, I think it's healthy for the public to have some level of confidence that the government can do some things. And government can do some things. I mean, I I, I hear when I talk to friends, family, and, and, you know, when I meet people, sometimes talking to students, I hear a lot of cynicism about government, about politicians, and I understand why these things are there. But I, I do think too much cynicism or too much doubt, or too much of a loss of faith, it's, it's just unhealthy for our country and its future. It's, it's worrisome. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.